Welcome back, know-it-alls. Thanks for listening to the show. And as always, give us some feedback about what we are doing so we can make sure you're having a good time listening to us. And I just need to know that I've got approval from both of you sexy bitches. Record me. Oh, oh re- record me, baby. It's weird that when you guys hit like accept or whatever, what does it say on your end? I just said, do you accept or whatever? Okay. Cause I don't, I don't see that you've accepted on this end. I have no idea if you've hit the button or not. And I'm just sitting here waiting for somebody to say <laughs> something or somebody to give me the thumbs up. I have no idea. Gotcha. Uh-huh. I'm just going to be Tommy Tuberville over here in a second. So you're going to be a who? You know the Tommy Tuberville, you know the guy that got caught whacking it on the on a Zoom call during COVID when he was when he was working. I'm like, Jesus <laughs> Christ, dude! You can't wait till work's over for the day. Got to start stroking it in a company meeting. I mean, Jesus. He liked the danger. How many times do you guys beat off at work a day? I'm at least eleven. Zero. No wonder the dough's got Zero. special flavor. Oh shit! I like this, <laughs> I like this Tommy tu- Tuber. Hold on a second. What is it? Uh, Tuber. Was that his real name? Yeah. Hold on. Did he get fired? Uh, no, he he didn't. That's the jacked up part. Oh, that's awesome. I like that boss. Yeah. We'll give you one more chance. <laughs> or they just like took away his Zoom privileges. Yeah, I can't yeah. remember. I can't remember his name. Uh, Jeffrey Tubin. That's his name. I wonder if they got rid of the walls on his cubicle. He's apparently become a meme on top of it. Yeah, he was caught masturbating during his work Zoom call. Like, it's like you're over there going like this. Hey, what are you doing, Jeffrey? Nothing. I'm just taking notes. Just chopping onion. Like, what are you doing over there? Good. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he works with a bunch of attractive girls, and he saw them all on the Zoom, and it got him excited. Oh God, yeah, yeah. It's uh, yeah, it's a it's a pretty funny joke. Anyway, uh, sorry, before people wonder what's going on, we do have a topic for you, but I'm here with Charlie Ray and Josh. Hello. Hello. What's up? Josh joined us for the 100th episode where we talked about stories that were sort of hidden from our lives, but we like to tell them. I think they're called story, Stories for Another Day. And uh, 100th episode was that day. Yes. And now we're back with a new topic, and it is fishing, because we're all fishermen. Isn't that right, boys? I know nothing. <laughs> the only the only thing I know about fishing is I could catch a hell of a bag of fish sticks in the in the market. So uh, or plenty of fish for me, <laughs> swiping right. That's my key. Oh I'll yeah, let, me too. I'll, I'll let you guys catch them fish. I'm retired. Oh, the thing is, there's not many fish to catch. What do you think about it, Josh? How many fish are you catching these days? Well. It's pretty sad because I'm a native man and I should be getting all the fish because I can them. just go and I don't even need a fishing license. But, oh, that, uh, that was going to be one of my questions for you guys. You've already answered a question I didn't even ask. That's amazing. So you, you, yeah, can, so you, can, you can just go raw fishing then. <laughs> I can just, well, I have to get the license. I just don't pay any money for it. And uh, I should be out there with a net because I can fish with nets. But so I've never enjoyed it much. I have a fishing rock. With your fishing ability or your fishing what would you call it your uh, access to fishing yeah i guess right Be- because of your 
your historical background what would you call it your indigenous it's definitely background? an advantage but a, a right yeah. uh, a privilege maybe yeah there we go a privilege well actually in canada it's probably a right it's probably a yeah. right i would say it's a right but with your right because i remember being a kid going fishing with my grandpa and we would use lures on our fishing lines and yeah. I asked why we can't use little fish. Like if you catch a little fish, can you just leave it on the line in the hopes to catch a bigger fish? And he told me it was not legal for me, but somebody who's indigenous is able to use live bait like that. Not like, like a worm. Like we can go in and throw nets in the water and catch them like that, but the white man can't. So you can just sit at a river at a bend and just string a net from one side to the other and catch everything that goes through it. And the government's like, all right, you go, Josh, have fun. And all the whiteys are like, depending what, what time the- of year it is. Yeah. What what stance do they have on throwing a half stick of dynamite in the pond? <laughs> you probably do have some know. rules. That, that, that's it's called how. That, that's called uh, when you're in a hurry and you got thirty mouths to feed at the fish fry. Hold on a second, guys. <laughs> Boom. Those conservation officers don't fuck around either. They can like take your house. If you, oh wow! If you do things wrong. Man, so not only can a woman take my house, so can a damn fish. What a world. <laughs> uh, so these, these two trout are sitting in the fish going, shit, you should have seen Bob last week. He got a Lincoln Continental. <laughs> guy caught him and didn't have a license. So, so you guys, Josh, you say you've never, like you don't go, you have a fishing rod, but you don't go fishing? I went a couple of years ago, but was uh, it- it's boring. Like, what was your reason for going? You're like, I'm going to buy a rod and go fishing. Or did friends say, hey, dude, let's go fishing. I had the rod already and it was during the pandemic and I was super bored. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go fishing. I went to Norris Creek here in Mission and I didn't catch a damn thing. How big is the creek? How big are the fish? I don't know. I didn't see any. <laughs> what, if <there's, laughs> what if there's no fish in the creek? You've just been sitting there all day. I guess it is that relaxing, right? It it was sort of relaxing. I mean, it sat around smoking weed all day, watching my fishing rod do nothing. But it wasn't bad, I guess. Were you holding the rod, or did you have it set up in like some sort of holder? I held it for a while, and then I I whittled a stick into a a holder. <laughs> so it makes you become productive. And yeah, ingenuitive. <laughs> How about you, Charlie Ray? Well, you know, as far as fishing experience, in my life, I've only gone fishing twice uh once with my uncle and cousin who were both now passed on we went to uh the kansas river and yeah that was not a fun experience i was pretty i was fairly young i I don't know somewhere around 10 or so didn't catch any fish they did i didn't uh and then one time i went crawdad fishing which is a whole nother experience with my dad one time late at night and you know what crawdads are nope no you guys don't know what crawdads are? Okay. Well, crawdads. I watched a movie about it, but no. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, they're also they're also called crayfish. So either crawdad or crayfish, if you he- heard of either term. Okay. But, ba- but basically, they are, how do you describe them? As... A little lobster? Yeah. But basically, like little freshwater lobsters. They're, well, they're like, you know, like, I don't know, like as small as your hand or smaller than your hand. So, I mean, so they can get bigger than that too, but not by much. They're, they're like, if you ever go down to a, a creek or whatever, and you'll see these little holes. You'll see these little holes kind of along the creek bank in a little bit. Well, of course, maybe you don't have them up there, so you wouldn't see them, but down here you would. And those are crawfish holes. And so basically they're, you know, well, people from Louisiana, nothing against them, but 
God bless them. They, they'll eat anything. So uh, that was a question know. I was going to have was, Hey, do you, do you eat these things or do you yes, crack open yes. a shell or are they all soft or what is it? Yeah, well, I, I have no idea. I've never had one, but, but yes, they do have craw, crawfish. I mean, well, yeah, I mean, heck, I think actually, uh, actually I think they had them at my, um, like one of my Chinese buffets around here, they had a crawfish like layout or something. I don't know. I'm like, I don't really want to eat them. Yeah. A boil or whatever. Was it taken? Yeah. Was it a lot taken away or was it like full the whole time? It stayed. I don't think a lot of people were all into the crawfish. I mean, <laughs> again, it's kind of like Louisiana people and, and, and people from China, they are much more okay with eating anything that they can get their hands on. Nothing against that. You know, I'm not saying that in a bad way, but they will eat a lot more than I'm necessarily predisposed to uh, ingest. So, uh, so crawfish, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a thing. People like, so we, we went crawfish and like late at night, basically like using like netted meat type of stuff. And, it, and you had to do it at night. You, you crawfish, at, uh, at least that we did crawfish, uh, fishing at night and we caught think, some and stuff. Do you think that your uncle took you or was it your dad or your uncle? My dad, my dad took me crawdad fishing. Yeah. Oh, I was thinking it was like some sort of nighttime molestation thing with your uncle, but I guess with your dad, <laughs> that probably wasn't happening. No, no, thankfully not. I uh, thought you no, you're not sad from that. I thought you'd be sad from that. Well, no, I'm not sad for that. I already got enough problems to deal with from childhood. Um, <laughs> and you're not from Alabama, so it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't fit the narrative. Exactly. So yeah, so crawdads, yeah, they're 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 an interesting thing. It's a whole different kind of fishing and a whole different kind of fishing than the and the kind of fishing that uh, I'm gonna talk about later when I talk about fly fishing. But um Is it with a net? Like do they do they eat do you fish what? with a hook? The crawdads, like, do you put oh, well, it's, a hook and a line? Guys, I'm so young. Um, it How was did you like, just pull we, them out of the water, just uh, by hand. No, no, yeah. you, you know, you got there's some kind of hook or something on there that you did you catch them with. I mean, you, and you got you can net them too, but I don't know. Like I said, I've never I've never gone fishing enough to be able to be good good explanation about how fishing works uh, but as far as i think i think the main point behind fishing other than the fact that you know of course originally everybody was fishing because hey we're hungry and fish are edible but other than that i think most people fish just to like get away from things and just like go out and drink beer in peace and not have their their wife nagging them you know i mean <laughs> It just, it, 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 I mean, you know, you know, what, what's golf? Okay, we're gonna walk around and walk miles, or possibly if it, if they're not doing the 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 cart, you know. But basically, hey, let's go out and hit this ball. And you know, a lot of times, at least historically in the past, you know, it was just the guys going golfing. The women weren't going golfing. Now, of course, you know, they tag along everywhere, but. Well, they have uh, to make sure that you're, you yeah, know, following yeah. their rules. <laughs> they got to make sure that you know they you know, get. They get You're as many hours. Yourself. They get as many hours of nagging in as they can in a day. You know, I mean, <laughs> they, they got to constantly remind you that you should be at home doing chores instead of having fun golfing. But um, that's why I'm not married. And you, it's small wonder to know why I'm twice divorced, right? Listening um, to you talk about crawdads, I was thinking about those. Like you, you said, they're little tiny. Could be little lobsters. Lobsters, they're yeah, they're, they're like they're like tiny little lobsters. They got little pincers and everything. You know, so. And, I remember going fishing at, I went fishing with my grandpa quite a bit, not mainly, it was mainly in lakes on his boat. We'd go fishing and there's sometimes we drive out to the mounds and fish in a creek or a river. And he always had me picking up Helgramites. Do you guys know what those are? No, no idea. So you'd pick up, like you were talking about, they're on the creek bed and there's holes. But when I was really little, my grandpa would have me picking up rocks next to the, the creek bed 
and there'd be these little tiny they look like centipedes Huh. Oh, the, the little, the little, the little roly. Oh no, they're not the roly polies. But they're they're flat, so flat centipede kind of things. And I would be picking those up and throwing those into a bucket, and he'd be using that as bait on the hooks. Huh. So instead of worms, so yeah, he's you don't have to bring your own bait because you can use worms. That that's fine for the white man. Not not that live fish yeah. wouldn't be better, but you're allowed to use worms. And he wasn't. He had a worm farm at home. Like I remember underneath his gas tank for his orchard, like for his tractors, he had an old washing machine drum and inside the washing machine drum was filled with like soil and a fuck ton of worms. Yeah. And that's where he would like open it up and he'd grab a couple scoops and we'd throw it into a bucket or a cooler and we'd go fishing and those were the worms. And then when we ran out of those, he would make me get Helgramites and we were using Helgramites. Well, hmm. here's, a, here's, an inter- here's an interesting term. A Helgramite is also known as a Dobson fly larvae. They're also called toe biters because of their strong pincers on uh, the older larvae before they change into their airborne version of them. And they are they they are aquatic and are loved by fish, especially bass. So I guess my grandpa knew what the fuck he was doing. Yeah. They, <laughs> Apparently. They, and then yeah, he they, sends his grandson to pick the things up that have the pincers that will, you know, bite you. Yeah, exactly. That's why they're called toe biters. Oh, go yeah. grandpa. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So, so apparently they're, they are born in the water. They migrate out of the water to wet soil to where they grow to a uh, larger size, which is when your grandpa was, you know, nabbing them, uh, before they change into the Dobson fly, which is about a two inch long fly with a five inch wingspan. So, do you find that weird? Like, that's how don't, how does he get that information? And I was a little, my grandpa, like I, oh. I'm just a little kid picking this shit up. And how does he learn that these things are used? Where are they found? Are they found all over the world? Uh, let's see. Hold on. They occur in Mexico, Central America, and North America for the most part. <laughs> I love this. Large older larvae, which may be up to three and a half inches long, have strong biting mouth parts and are ferocious predators on other aquatic insects and small invertebrates. So I guess if you're a small little tiny thing, those things will mess you up so he moved here from he moved here from germany in the 40s so i guess he learned about that living here i guess so it's so weird to me that people learn things like that let's see i don't see anything about a saying them occurring in in europe but uh wow it takes it it takes two to three years for them to mature not if i'm catching those fuckers they're gonna be yeah no shit swallowed by a fish asap yeah (laughs) the larger the mandible aa the jaws they're bigger in the men than the women so I guess what they say is true. Size really does matter. I knew it. I fucking knew it. I guess my ex my ex wives weren't lying. Oh no, women don't lie. What are you talking about? Never. Especially what? not for their husband. They told me it was the motion of the ocean and they said dinghies don't count. <laughs> so yeah, so you know, it's that's that's pretty cool that your uh, your grandpa was into snatching up toe biters, I guess. I guess so. Yeah. We didn't use them when we went fishing on the boat. We would just take the boat out in the morning or the afternoon and you just put rods and holders. I don't know if you guys have ever seen like people fishing on a boat. Have you guys seen it? Or do you guys use sure. I don't know. I don't know. I mean I've never I've never I've never been on a boat with with anybody really fishing. I mean I've watched shows like where they're doing like, you know, deep sea fishing and stuff, like those trawl, you know, like you can hire a charter boat and go out and, you know, get marlin and crap like that. It's it's weird you say that because when I was in Mexico, that's what my mom and aunt did with me. They went down to the docks and they talked to some guy with his kid and rented the boat for a couple hours. And 
I was probably 20 at the time. And I'm like, do we trust this guy? It's just some Mexican dude. And it's not a tour. It's just some guy at the docks. And yeah, they, they <laughs> paid him to charter his boat. And he took us out to middle of the ocean and he gave us some fishing rods and he showed us how to like set them up and whatever fish we caught, they got to keep, right? Because what are we going to do? Take it back to the hotel and rip it apart and yeah, well, yeah, it's just right there, man. I mean, and, you just, just just try to look poor so they don't be like, hey, it's cheaper <laughs> to throw these gringos over the boat and keep the crap. And then we made it close enough to the shore where he dropped anchor. And he's like, here's some snorkels and here's some flippers. There's a, a nice beach there. If you guys want to go hang out there for an hour or two, we'll just sit here and fish. And my mom and aunt are like, okay. And they hop off the boat and I'm, I'm just looking around. It's like, this fucker's going to leave us. It, like, he's already got our money. <laughs> Right, <laughs> right. Trapped on this beach, and his pirate friends are gonna come, you know, ass rape me or kill me. <laughs> and yeah, so I just like I was questioning everything, but it's like, ah, I guess my mom has done this before, and this is okay, and this is my life now. So I jump off, and I've got my face in the water, and I'm looking down underneath as I'm paddling because I don't know if there's sharks. I have no idea. I'm, I'm swimming half a kilometer to a beach in the middle of Mexican waters, and there's no other beachgoers there. There's no other boats. Who who knows if I'm gonna die? But I did get to see a puffer fish, and I thought that was fucking cool. Yeah. So while I was well, fa- face down in the water, I saw a puffer fish. And I was like, oh, that's neat. But yeah, we just hung out at the beach. And then so, yeah, then swam back to the boat and then made it back to shore. And they had a whole bunch of fish they caught. No marlins or sailfish or anything. Just, I don't know, two foot long, whatever the hell they had in the ocean there. Interesting. Yeah, she yeah. didn't have tra- uh, trust issues then. Well, I made it through, so I think my yeah my trusting has gotten really lenient over the years. <laughs> I will say the same. I mean, I the only times I've really been near the ocean, I swam out to like a rock that was like twenty yards out or something like that. It was far enough that it was a little bit of a swim. And uh, which ocean? Where was that? Uh, down in the Caribbean. Yeah, thankfully I hadn't seen that movie. What was it called? Like I don't know, the one that had that girl in it with like the the shark that gets between her and the land and she's stuck oh, yeah. on a rock thankfully that movie hadn't came out yet because i'd have been like yeah the hell with swimming out to that rock but i was like i still was nervous as hell it's like i don't i don't like being out in, in water at all because i'm like i didn't grow up around water i didn't grow up around lakes i mean i'm i'm like i'm swimming and something starts touching my leg i'm like oh grandpa no uh <laughs> Get out of my room. Uh, you know, uh, you are from Alabama. Uh, uh, out. Although I have to say, I have been doing more genealogy research, and I have at least two relatives that were first cousins. That's hot. Yes. Mean, wow. That's hot. <laughs> yeah that that was some other that was some uh yeah I'm, I'm really having fun. This is going to diverge completely from fishing, but just quickly a little aside, I'm up to so far ten great grandfathers who fought in the Revolutionary War. Oh wow! Yeah. And uh, and then other relatives that were also involved that, that weren't like direct relatives, but they were like, you know, grand uncles or whatever, you know, so they were still in the family, but they weren't my direct family lineage. And uh, one of them, one of them was a uh, a colonel that was with Washington at Yorktown when Cornwallis surrendered. So, I mean, there's there's like personal correspondence between this guy and this this relative of mine, like my fifth great grandfather and and Washington. And um, there's a county named for him and a city named for him in Virginia. It's pretty cool. That is pretty so, cool. Yeah, that is cool. Yeah. But the, but the but then seeing like, hey, this guy's parents, mom's dad and mom are the same as his <laughs> dad's dad's 
name him Mom. And they were from. Now you know why your jeans are the way they are. I'm like, the tree goes from like this to like this, back to this. I'm like, whoa, you know. They were from southern Missouri, Arkansas area, though, so I guess Keep that the blood of, pure. That's that's right. Yeah. Well, you know, hey, if it's good for kings and queens, why is it not good for us peasants? You know, we can intermarry exactly. too. You know, we can have three legs. I mean, some of us already do, but size <laughs> does matter. That's right. <laughs> like they didn't call Uncle Jimmy Tripod for nothing. <laughs> I wish I fucking had that nickname. Not Jimmy, <laughs> but Tripod. <laughs> You know, I, I'd just be pissed because it's like one less present for Christmas. I only got three sets of grandparents. <laughs> what the hell? Would you rather have a huge wang, like like tripod size wang, but it's unusable? You can never get enough blood into it to get it like fully hard. Or would you rather have one of the world's smallest penises, but you can make it rock hard for hours? I'll take the first option. <laughs> yeah, I'll probably take the first option too. You'd rather be a shower? Fuck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, hey, you, you'll still disappoint him in the end, but at least you'll get him there in the first place. Fair you enough. Know, you drop trowel and, and it's and it's and it's a nubbing, you know, he ain't getting <laughs> no loving. Don't even have to, just wear those gray joggers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, ex- exactly. I mean, he, here's the thing, at least if she knows you got a, a big hog and she's gonna she's gonna try to work that sucker as hard as she can trying to get enough blood flow into it. <laughs> you know? I guess that is a bonus, yeah. I, I I did see a news story once with a guy with one of the largest wangs where he got stopped in the airport because they thought he had a weapon in his pants. He's like, no, that's just my dick. There's fucking video of it. It's hilarious. He's like, is that a weapon in your pants? No, that's my dick. Oh, be amazing. <laughs> and he was, on, he was on TV. This is this is classic. If you look it up on YouTube, he's being interviewed by a guy and a girl uh, newscasters. And you can tell the girl really wants to just say, could you pull it out so I can see it? She just had that look in her eye and, and they're just talking to him about it and talking about, you know, he's like, it's like, he's like, yeah, it's like 15 and a half inches when it's long and like nine inches when it's soft or something like that. I mean, this guy's just got a huge Johnson and, and, uh, and and they're just like talking to him about, you know, like what it's like. And he's like, yeah, I've had, you know, porn companies try to offer me a ton of money to, to do videos. And they're like, well, you know, how much sex does you get? He goes, not as much as you think. He go, he goes, he says, I get a lot of people who want to try it the first time, but not a lot of repeat business, you know, because they're kind of like, oh, I want to climb the mountain. Holy shit, that mountain's huge. <laughs> You can just see the newscaster just salivating oh, as he's talking. You gotta look up this video and just just watch her face when he's talking like to the guy about it or whatever. She's looking at it, going like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. licking her lip. <laughs> I swear to God, you just look at her face and you can just tell she's thinking about she'd like to try that that giant Johnson. That's you you can tell. I mean, it, it, she just really has. I don't know. You see it, you'll understand. But but uh. I think I'd go with the big Johnson over the the tiny one because definitely, yeah. Even though it's useless, yeah. Even though it's useless, at least you know if you challenge the guys to a dick measuring contest, you whip that fucking monster out. You're gonna win every time. You're probably having OnlyFans as well, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Just just to see it, just to slap it around. I'd be slapping it down on the dinner table all the time. Yeah, you're like a, you call yourself the meat tenderizer. That's your name, and all you do is like smack your dick down on like 
pork chops, chicken breast on the table. <laughs> you know, we we could tie this into fishing. You could just tattoo like the inches on your dick, and then that way you can measure if the fish is big enough to take home or not. And, and oh, that's a great home. idea. Yeah, you just, oh, is that fish big enough to take home for dinner? Hold on a second, let's whip out the monster. <laughs> yep, it's big enough. It's weird that you say we can tie it into fishing because there was a porn back back in the day, like early two thousands, when I worked at a restaurant. My friends and I downloaded this video. It was called Mexican Horsecock. And it was this dude with a massive dick. And it was so big that he couldn't get it fully hard. I've talked about this. I think I talked about it with Charlie Raymond when he researched dick sizes from around the world. Because he just did that on his own. And then he's like, hey, let's do a podcast on it. I'm really into this topic. And uh, the guy's dick was like three quarters hard. So he had to hold his dick and sort of like fish and push it in in order for it to penetrate because it wasn't hard enough to actually like penetrate into her vagina. So he's, he's fishing Mexican horse cock. Fuck. I, w- I would love to watch that video again. I don't remember the guy's name, but yeah, not hard enough to actual fuck, but he was fishing. He was holding with two hands and dunking the tip in. So wow. it's weird how that, that did actually relate to. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's amazing how many of our conversations, no matter what the topic's going to be about, do evolve into something about dick. But I, I take blame for that one this time, so I guess it's my fault. Well, so I tell you, you guys want to jump into some uh, some fishing stuff or what? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, sure. Oh. You guys want to hear about the history of fishing? Yeah, sure. Why not? W- where do you think and when do you think it started? Probably in Scotland, for all I know. Like golf, probably Mesopotamia. <laughs> no, you're probably he's probably right. You're probably right. It's probably from like ancient times. They probably were using them nets that we can't use as white boys. That's right. Well, here we go. The origins of fishing can be traced back to prehistoric times. One of the earliest known examples of fishing is a carved bone from Japan that dates back between 27,000 and 29,000 BC and was discovered in 1957, which depicts a man using a rod and a line to catch a fish. So it's way fucking old for like not even the net. The net makes sense, but somebody like created a rod and a line and a hook. (laughs) People were geniuses. I I would never think of that shit. So people have been fishing for thousands of years. Early people from Egypt... Huh, Josh, Mesopotamia, mm-hmm. were depicted fishing and cooking fish in tomb carvings and papyrus scrolls. Nile perch, catfish, and eels were all caught using woven nets, harpoons, and hooks. Ancient Macedonia had fishermen using artificial lures not dissimilar to what we use today. China's livelihood was often credited to fishing, with silk lines and bamboo rods allowing their people to catch fish to eat. And in North America, Native Americans not only used a spear to catch fish, but also used wooden hooks. There you have it. I just want to be the guy next to the first guy who said, "Hey, man, you see that <laughs> swimming stuff there, and that, and the, and the what we don't have a name for, but it gets your skin a word I don't have a word for yet. <laughs> Let's eat that." And the other guy, I go, "Go for it, Jim." What do you think people first ate? Just twigs, berries, and then weeds? Like people had to eat. You'd have to. How do you know to eat? I don't know. I just like to send out every year and at least pour out a, a little bit of a 40 whenever I have a 40 available. And and that's and that goes out to all the guys who are like, hey, I wonder if I can eat that berry. Nope. <laughs> and then they hey, die. Is that mushroom edible? <laughs> nope. <laughs> but it is fucked up to think about, right? Like how babies were born and mothers automatically. I guess if you watched animals, you would see them 
like getting milk from the parent and eating. Yeah. So you think, well, yeah. huh? Like the first humans, they they weren't babies, right? They really. Uh, now I want you to think about it. Like really, really think <laughs> no. about it. So they weren't born because humans didn't exist before humans. So if we were to evolve, what what were we? Were we already eating when we were the other thing before we evolved to human? Must have been. Um, Otherwise, I, we wouldn't I think, survive. I think we're part alien. So <laughs> you think we were just like deposited here and given all the rules to follow, and that's it? Like we're in, here. You I, go. I, I think we're gene spliced. I think I think we're like genetically engineered product is what we are. Like they took mm. they took kind of like the the raw. Uh, what do they call them? Hominids? What the what yep. the heck? I don't know. Was, Basically, uh, a hominid. Yep. It took like the basic, you know, like I don't know, Sasquatch or whatever the heck we were, <laughs> and then they like spliced in some some alien genes and created and created humanity. I don't know. Who knows? That's one well, of the theories. That is one of the theories. So still, fishing goes uh, back way, way, way back. Yeah, I just does. find it odd that they were using tools for it. I mean, the net makes sense or a spear. But to create a hook with some sort of silk line and a rod, that's high tech shit. But then well, again, these, high tech. these same people that invented gunpowder. So they're high yeah. tech fucking creators over there. <laughs> well, you know, they tried out other shit probably that didn't work first. I mean, it's just that whenever they get to the last thing, I mean, I mean, look at us. I mean, we keep trying to improve shit even when even when it works. We're like, oh hey, this works to run a car, but hey, well, we can try this instead. And they could run a car, you know. I mean, they're like, hey, that'll catch a fish, but you know what? <laughs> this works better, and it's not as heavy to drag around in my bag, you know. So, I, I guess they probably were doing... they just hit it with a stick first. Someone was just like <laughs> smack, killed it with yeah. a stick, and was like, yeah. oh, this works. <laughs> Grog standing over the river with a big rock. Watch. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing fucking left though. You're what are you gonna eat? Mush? <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, but then you gotta Trial get, get the fish out. Yeah. I guess they oh. could watch bears catching it as they're jumping through the through the river, right? I, I wanna see you in a river naked clay trying to catch a, a spawning salmon jumping through the water. You just grab it out of the air with your teeth. I'm fucking majestic, dude. I could make that shit happen. <laughs> kinda like kinda like uh Daniel Radcliffe in Swiss Army Man. He's like <laughs> So do you want to hear about uh, fishing tackle technology from the 1600s to modern times? Let's hear it. I can't wait to hear about tackle. Oh, yeah? (laughs) Fishing tackle. Oh, sorry. So, yeah, that's what we'll talk about. Fishing tackle. Yeah, fishing tackle. After ancient times, which is what we just talked about, fishing tackle saw an improvement starting in the 1600s when a wired loop was attached to the rod, letting the line run, making casting easier. So I guess that's where your your fly fishing ninjas needed that sort of technology in order to do what they do. After that, fishing reels were developed, helping fishermen further hone their craft. A gentleman named Charles Kirby revolutionized the design and the manufacture of fish hooks with his development of split shaft rods. Huh? A split shaft rod? Anyone? Yeah, there you go. Okay. Anyway, the split shaft rods were designed in sections to be easily taken apart and transported from one location to the next. Gut string line was also invented, and fish hooks were improved. Do you want to learn more about Charles Kirby? You want to guess where he's from? Scotland. Okay. What do you think, Josh? England. I think he's probably from Turkey. All right. So Kirby sounds very Turkish. (laughs) Exactly. So, Charles Kirby's methods of fish hook making were devised in the 1650s. He then later invented the Kirby Bend, 
already like this. He's talking rods. He's talking bends. He's got his own name. This guy's a hero. He's got a bend to the right. So it's a distinctive shape of a hook with an offset point that is still commonly used worldwide today. So that's 1650s, and they're still fucking using it in 2023. You know the guy invented something good. Well, you know you can't you can't fix a perfection, right? So Kirby yeah. and his fellow hookmakers eventually established factories in Redditch in about 1730. So it took what is that 90 fucking years? It sounds years. very it sounds very English, yes. 80 years to finally make a factory to build shit. He was probably doing this from his house. Yeah. So like, and his family was doing it from their basements for years and years and years. It remains today the current center of the English hook manufacturing industry. Oh wow. So even nice. today in Redditch, England is where they make fish hooks based off of Charles Kirby, 1650. That is a long fucking time ago. It is a long yeah, time ago. How yeah, wealthy do you think that family is? I didn't, I didn't look it up, but I'm, I'm assuming if you've been doing it for 400 years, you, yeah, you probably made that, a penny or two. Oh, yeah. Although the patent's long since passed. <laughs> if there was a patent from back then, I doubt that there was. So basically, basically he, invented, he invented the barbed fish hook is what he invented. Yep. Yeah. Hmm. 400 years ago. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Four I mean. Barb- yeah, man. So in the late 1800s, so about 100 years later, rods were strengthened and thinner by gluing together numerous strips of bamboo. The use of silk line that had been applied with coats of oxidized linseed oil allowed for greater casts. From about 1900, fishing rods were constructed out of fiberglass. Spin casting reels became more popular and the quality of fishing reels improved. In the 1930s, which is like super modern when you think about it, Nylon monofilament was created, and in the mid-1940s, braided and synthetic lines were mass-produced. Carbon fiber began to be used in the rods in the late 1960s, allowing them to be stronger, shorter, and lighter. For artificial casting lures, plastics began to take the place of wood. Nice. Wow. Are we all mesmerized? I mean, we knew nothing about fishing, fishing. and now we've learned a lot. (laughs) Yeah. So, now, this is how advanced we are in the modern day. So the modern-day commercial fisherman uses sonar, GPS, and satellite imaging to find the fish. They also use large nets and trawls that can scoop up entire schools of fish. Recreational fishermen, on the other hand, use smaller nets and hooks as well as various lures to attract their prey. You don't need to be a professional to enjoy fishing. All you need is some patience and the right gear. Or in Josh's case, a makeshift stick to hold your rod and some weed. That's it. So technology has continued to improve with the previous mentioned imaging to help catch the fish. Fish finders use sonar and GPS navigation to help fishermen with catch success. There are few, if any, better ways to utilize technology when it comes to fishing than to use GPS to find out where the fish are fucking hiding, which I think is cheating. cheating, That's kind of cheating. cheating, Yeah. Massive cheating. So the fish finders that are equipped with GPS can communicate with your smartphone now. You may now keep an eye on the schools of fish as they swim through the sea. Smart fishing rods are also a new innovation that help with bite detection, notifying the user when a fish bites. There also appears to be apps that can be used to help with knot tying, fish identification, and weather conditions. Recreational fishing now has a plethora of tech gadgets and gear no matter what someone is fishing for. What are they going to come up with next? Hey, that fish is single. Let's take him out of the swimming pool. He's not. <laughs> that, that one's married. Don't take that fish. It's super fucked up though, right? It doesn't seem fair at all if you can see exactly where the thing is you're trying to catch. It, it's no longer recreational. 
Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just well, it's kind of like having a sniper rifle and taking out a deer that can't even see you. You know, <laughs> like I'm gonna I'm gonna start deer hunting from 600 yards. You know, and you've got thermal imaging goggles to see where all the warm spots are, so you know where the animals are hiding. Exactly. Exactly. It doesn't, it doesn't really seem like hunting, does it? I mean, I guess I don't know. I don't hunt, so maybe maybe it does seem like hunting. What? Well, here's the thing. I think if you're out there hunting hunting for sport and basically you're just doing everything that basically just practically puts the fish on your pole, it kind of takes away the fun of it because it's kind of like it's like man against nature. But it's like instead it's like nature against man and 20,000 gadgets. I mean, yeah. there's there's one thing about having like, oh – your your rod is a special graphite type rod or your or you have the right type of you know fly line which i'm not talking about fly fishing or whatever that's one thing but having a gps going the fish are right there <laughs> you know it's it, you know it kind of takes the fun out of you know some of the work so josh already answered these one of these questions earlier but i'm going to ask them again here so i live in alberta so alberta fishing licenses are as follows when you are under the age of 16 or over the age of 65 how much do you have to pay for your fishing license? And take note, no matter what you're doing, you need that license. If you get caught fishing without a license, no matter who you are, there's a fine. So how much do you think somebody under 16 and over 65 will have to pay for that fishing license? $1. Sorry, uh, Josh, you said $1? Yeah. 25 It's zero. Really? $0. You just have to go and apply for it. So you get uh. it. It's free, but you need to have it to fish. So in between 16 and 65, how much do you think you have to pay to have that license? $45. Really, really close. 28 bucks Canadian. Hmm. Oh, not bad. And if you're a veteran or indigenous, how much do you have to pay for that license? Zero. That's right. But yeah. you do need it. Yeah. Which is kind of stupid, right? D is that not stupid to you? Like, hey, here's my veteran card. Like, I'm Well, you should be able to show them your status card. That should be good enough, but it's not. I, I think, it, uh, yeah, I think if I had that large cock, I should just pull that out and show him that. Slap that down. Here's my fishing license. I just beat the fish with it in the water and they <laughs> knock them out and throw them on the dock. And they're like, oh, there's a bunch of lines on there. Yeah, I had like rulers tattooed on it. So I know the length of fish I'm allowed to take home. You got a problem with it? Yeah. So, so I'm wondering if you're out there in the water and you don't have any fishing gear and you're just like hand fishing these suckers out <laughs> and they come along. What are you doing out here? Swimming. <laughs> they they leave. You just grab a fish out of the water because you're such a badass. You can just grab a fish with your hands. Well, you, you, you have the sonar to, to tell you where the fish is, well, so it's exactly. easier to grab. Yeah. Well, what if you, you had know, spiky I, gloves, like gloves with like little blades on them? Would you be able to, you think, have your hands in the water and just squeeze and catch the fish? Do you think damage the fish? Have you ever heard of what's called a uh, noodling? Have you ever heard that term? Talking about oh, fishing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I, I heard snoodling, and I was like, "Yeah, that's when you put two dicks together and jerk them both off at the same time." But that's that's <laughs> not what we're more, talking. You about. have you have more terms for two dicks at one time than I know of. So, <laughs> sorry, you said noodling. Noodling is okay. a term. People, okay, crazy people, because I'm not doing it. They basically stick their hands in holes underneath the banks to like grab a fish. They stick their hands down a fish's mouth, grab the fish, and pull a catfish. Basically, it's catfishing out of the water and they get their hands all cut up and all kinds of crap. How much do you feel like you want to go into strange water, locate a hole <laughs> uh -huh. underneath, underneath a bank and then just shove your hand in there. Hoping you're <laughs> hoping you not, not hoping, but yeah, but, but hoping you are actually going to get a hold of something. Uh, no, thanks. Pass. Yeah, exactly. 
So there's a there's a beautiful woman that does that. I watch her videos. Her name's Hannah Barron. And yeah. she's like the noodling queen. And yeah, she <laughs> sticks her arm down. It's all covered in bruises. And Oh, yeah. But she has a smoke show. Yeah. So I got a question for you guys. Do you guys know what a glory hole is? <laughs> Can you describe yeah, yeah, what a glory yeah. hole is? It, it's, it's you what take the this one, Charles. <laughs> it's, what the, it's what the government forces me to have to do to make a living. <laughs> and, all right. So, uh, Josh, what, what are they forcing Charles to do? Say that again. Sorry, what 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 is it that the government is forcing Charles to do? <laughs> I'd suck their giant government dick <laughs> through a hole. So uh, a glory hole, which you can find in uh, any number of places. Trust me, I, I'm looking for washroom. Yeah, public washrooms, truck stop washrooms. <laughs> uh, there there is one of them in Fantasyland at Disneyland. Well, we'll get into that later. But anyway, there's a hole in the bathroom <laughs> wall, and you either put your wang through it, and someone plays with your wang. Or you put your mouth on the one side, accepting a wang on your end. I saw a meme the other day that made me laugh my ass off, but it was <laughs> it involved glory holes, and this makes me think of noodling. Right, you you're putting your arm in there and hoping to God, hoping to God that you're catching a catfish or whatever. But th- there's a truck at a truck stop, and it's one of those chicken transport trucks, so it's huge, and there's all these little holes in the sides of the truck. And the meme says, "Anything's a glory hole if you're brave enough," <laughs> and you know. <laughs> That makes me think of noodling. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Would, would you I ever just... shove your hand in that hole? Not me personally, no. That's gonna have to be a pretty big hole. I, no, I just don't know what's down there. I don't I don't want to shove my hand in there and there's some sort of reptile, poisonous reptile that's living in that hole. I, I, I really I, I really don't feel like shoving anything into a hole that I don't know what's in it beforehand. <laughs> a mystery hole. That's right. <laughs> oh my God. That's what they should call a new dating app. The mystery hole. Cause you, you have no idea. Well, you know what they, they term a, a, a vagina now down here. It's called a bonus hole. Have you heard that term? No. Yeah. No. Yeah. That, that's their new definition uh, that they're trying to de- redefine a woman uh, that the standard is without a, a bonus hole. But if, if you have a bonus hole, then uh, then that's their definition. I, I don't know how the, the past of how to clearly define a woman and man has become so hard. But the, the, the fact that they're resorting to calling people somebody having a bonus hole is just freaking hilarious. So next wow. time you're out and you're hitting on a girl, just say, hey, baby. Can I see your bonus you hole? That bonus hole? <laughs> you got that bonus hole? I hope she's got that bonus hole. <laughs> Me too. Well, I, I hope so too. But I mean, most guys always want to do anal with a chick. And and with a trans person, that's the only sex you're going to have. So you always get the thing that you're looking for uh, other than the, the wiener. Speak for yourself, Clay. Uh, oh, <laughs> sorry. Sorry. I mean, personally, in my life. You snoodler? Snoodling. Uh, uh, oh man! So you got you got some more fishing uh, facts for us there. Clay? I don't I don't have any more fishing facts for you guys. Nothing about history. Nothing about fishing licenses. Yeah, I mean, I I do have. I could do a quick thing on fly fishing. Yeah, man, let's do fly fishing. Okay. All right. So, what do you guys know about fly fishing? That's fucking exhilarating. Yeah, <laughs> right. It is fucking exhilarating. How about you, Josh? Well, I know the line is weighted, so there's different weights of the line. Like I think that is correct. That is correct. Okay. Very good information. What else you know? Anything else? You, you stand in the water usually, like three oh. feet in with waders on. 
No, that well, that you can do it that way, but you can also you can also do as they call it, uh, fishing. You know, uh, f you know, fishing from the bank. But so when you're uh, doing it, are you slapping your fly, your your hook, whatever it is, on the water to imitate some sort of bug or some kind to trick the fish below to think they have to jump up and grab and eat that fly? Well, there's a whole lot to the fly, so let me just go ahead and get into it, and we'll yeah. go through it. So, I guess yeah. uh, I guess we'll just talk about. Uh, I, I'll try to make this a brief uh, time here. So, basically, you uh, to, to to be a fly fisherman, to, you're going to need a fly rod. You're going to need your reel. You're, you're going to need you're going to need a fly line system, which is the most complicated part, and which will involve a weighted line that Josh mentioned. You'll need flies or you know lures. And some various accessories that you might need to have handy, right? So uh, let's go ahead and start off with, uh, you know, basically a fly rod is, is is what it is. It's a fishing rod, and it's specially designed, you know, for for throwing line, right? So that's pretty easy, pretty easy thing to talk about. I mean, there's a million things you could go into about it, just like everything, you know, so much money you want to spend, top of the line to you know basic. Okay, so you know what? Do you know what a reel is for fishing? The the reel holds the the line. Like you'll yeah. see them on it. Okay, so 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 you gotta sure. have a. So again, again with the reel, you can have a. You know, it's as much as your budget wants to. Because those those reels can go up to several hundred dollars a piece, depending on how top of the line reel you want. So you gotta have a good good, good reel, and then you have what basically is the heart of the system for a fly line. So you have a fly line system. So you think. Okay, well, if you see a you see a reel, do you think everything's the same on that reel, or do you think it's different? In my head, yeah, you pretty much have a crank. Right, you have a crank and you have a line. Right, that's what you yep. think. Right, that's yeah. not that's not true. So you have a reel and you do have a crank, but there's three parts to a, a fly fishing uh, system. You have what's called the backing. This is a this is like when you see like that thicker line. That's it's like it's like really it's it's thicker, very strong. Uh, it builds up the bulk of your reel because you don't want your reel to be too thin because otherwise you're cranking forever trying to crank the line in. So it's kind of like filler on a reel, okay. but it's very but it's very strong, and and basically it's it's there to use if you've got a fish that's really going to run your regular line out, like you know when it's fighting you when you're trying to reel it in. Okay, uh, so that's about 125 yards average on the reel is the backing line. From there, you have the actual uh, the fly line. This could be up to 80 foot of a fly line, and uh, and and it comes in different weights. Like you said, it's weighted, so uh, all the way from light light fly line up to heavier weight fly line. It depends on what kind of fish you're fishing for, and from there you have it tapers so basically the line gets a little bit heavier as it goes out because you want to have the line weight so that you can cast right uh, and it's tapered so when you get out so you have about 40 foot of the actual fly line itself then you got about five foot of the back taper uh then you got the belly what they call the belly of the fly line which is the which is the weight a little bit more of the weighted line because it's it's kind of like putting a little bit of weight behind the tip. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, <laughs> and then you get the front line taper, which is about 15 feet. And then that goes to the, the front part of the line. And from there, you tie the third part of the system, which is called a leader. And a leader is the very thin line. And it's what's connected to the actual fly line and what you tie the fly on with. Right. And again, that can be in different weights, too. And it's very thin because you don't want the fish to see it. You just want to see them to see the fly or whatever your lure is. From there, 
this is so complicated. But from there, <laughs> you, can you can have what they call you can put weights on it because sometimes you want the lure or the fly to be on the water on the surface. And sometimes, depending on what you're fishing for, you want the the lure to be a few inches below the water or a foot below the water. You want it to be like like down in the water. And to do that, you got to weight the fly. And then you got stuff that's called fly floating that you can coat the fly with to help it float better because it'll repel the water and it won't get waterlogged. So there's all these things. I mean, you got to know the kind of fish you're fishing for. And so all these things can be customized. I mean, you think about, oh, I could have this weight of line. I could have this weight of leader. I could have this weight of, you know, I could have this kind of lure. And, you know, these guys got to be like thinking about all this stuff, depending on what they're fishing for. I'm thinking of Josh right now fishing uh-huh. during COVID saying I didn't catch anything it's because you didn't know what you were fishing for. You had no idea what kind of weighted line to use, what kind of lure to use. Nope. Just drop the line and hope to God for the best and nothing happened. Precisely. YouTube is an amazing thing. If you ever want to learn anything about anything, there are more videos on fly fishing that I can tell you are existing because they're huge. But, but it was fascinating just learning some of the basics. I just watched a couple of these basics, like learning fly fishing shows and, Man, you talk about going into a you you look at the like Bass Pro they go in and look at a wall like this. I'm a, I'm like I just go in there and just be like overwhelmed. Like here's a hundred thousand different types of reels to choose from. <laughs> oh, now that you've chosen your reel, let's choose a rod. Oh, and then you need this kind of line. You're like there's this kind of dude. You can just walk out of there like oh, where'd my thousand dollars go? Uh, in that tackle box that you drag it out behind you, <laughs> and you might not even catch anything. Yeah, and you still might not catch anything. Even yeah, with your GPS and your sonar and your gaydar, it, no it, radar, not yeah, gaydar. exactly. Well, then, then, then we got to talk about. Then you got your fly. So you got all these different lure types. You know, you can have a big fly, medium fly, or small fly. And again, it depends what kind of fish are you fishing for. What do they like? You know, I mean, you got to like go out there and do a survey with the fish. Like, oh, <laughs> what kind of, what do you prefer for dinner, Mister Bass? You know, it has I to mean, suck yeah. because the, there's a whole bunch of different kinds of fish in the river and the lake. So if you're fishing for one particular kind, you might catch a different kind that your fly and line isn't weighted for. Exactly, you could, but then again, it might not appeal to them. They might be like, nah, not worth my time. You know, kind of think- like the way you Throw are at bars. Yeah, you know. Yeah, exactly. You're like, yeah. Yeah, so like I say, you know, you walk out with a thousand dollars worth of gear, and that's just in the just for a like possibly a basic setup. I'm sure you could walk out for for less than that when it comes to money. But I mean, you know, I mean, who it's wants weird. to be the who wants to be the fly fisher guy with just a handful of stuff, right? Well, that's less than exhilarating. Exactly, exactly. I mean, I used to watch I, people fly fish when I was fishing with my grandpa. You, I'd look over and see them, and I didn't know why they were swinging the rod in the air. And I was explained to me it was explained to me that they were fly fishing and I still didn't get it, but it's just weird to think about looking over at that guy thinking, Oh, it's a rod and a reel. But now you're telling me it could be a thousand dollars worth of a rod and a reel. Oh yeah. That's fucked up. Absolutely. And so, so some things I was watching that was shared with me, you know, we're talking and tying this into your previous comment about that Kirby. What was it called? The Kirby Charles Kirby, the hook. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. But was there a term for that hook? What did he call it? Um, He he called it anything. Well, anyway, that barb, well, the guy was saying that if you're a fly fisherman, at least for him, he says it's smart for you to take like, uh, well, some of the gear you should have includes a hemostat. Oh, sorry. My apologies. I go back in time. The Kirby uh, Bend. This, the Kirby Bend. Uh, well, the Kirby Bend can jack you up if you are not a good fly fisherman and you accidentally hook, guess what? Yourself. 
Because, hey, uh, that's always fun to add the fun to fishing is the possibility you might impale yourself uh, as part of it. Uh, yes. So uh, so basically he said, uh, you know, so here's some of the things that he said you needed to have. One of which was a hemostat, which if you know what a hemostat is, it's basically a clamp, like the surgical clamps, you know, okay. you know, you know hold roaches with basically. Oh, I'm sorry, oh, fishing, okay. fishing roach stuff. Clips. Yeah, roach clips. Basically, it's a roach clip or a hemostat, which was originally uh, in to, to clamp off blood vessels uh, during surgery. Anyway. A hemostat can be used for a lot of things, obviously for being a clamp, but one of which he says is before you you uh, put the hook in, uh, you you clamp that Kirby bend down so that it's flat, so that it's not it's not hooked. Because A, he says if you're just sport fishing, it's less supposedly basically it's less damaging to the fish to get the fish hook out to release them, you know, versus ripping them as much with the hook. Yeah. But mainly but mainly he says he does it because you don't want to accidentally hook, oh, your neck or your earlobe or whatever else. You guys you know? ever had a fish hook stuck on you? No, oh, yeah. I, I never want one stuck on me, no. I, I, yeah, I have. Yeah. What was that like? It was did, not fun. It was in my finger, and I had to pull it out, and it had a barb in the hook. So. I was going to say, did it have a Kirby bend? Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, so basically he said to do that, it makes getting the fish hook easier to get it out of yourself. So basically they, they have extra, you can get extra of that leader line because you got to replace that a lot during uh, fishing. Because as you go fishing through the day, you might get tangled up in the brush and have to cut the line. Or you might have to retie a fly a couple of times. And each time it shrinks your leader line down until it's too short. So you got so you got to retie the leader line to the line. So you got to know how to, so you got to, you got to know certain knots too. So you know how to tie a line properly, tie two lines together. Like I said, you, you got to learn a little bit. You don't just, you don't just jump out there and go, I'm going to be a fly fishing expert, you know? Uh, so let's see what else did he suggest you have. Basically he called them nippers, but basically they look like small toenail clippers, just a little clip so you can cut the fishing line because you got to do a lot of like trimming and stuff. Like when you're tying stuff off, you don't want line hanging out. The fly floatant that I talked about, which is like a silicon gel that you can coat your flies with. So like to keep them from getting as waterlogged. So if you don't want them to sink, they won't sink. They'll stay on top of the water, you know, for the fish. Something he called a split shot. Split shot was basically just the weight that I talked about where you could weight the fly so it would sink a little bit down the water. Not deep, but just further down the water. So it's for different types of fish. Uh, a strike indicator which is the new the new sexy term he says they used to call a bobber <laughs> strike indicator ooh he's got a look at that strike indicator he's got man. fancy fancy that's right fancy and the last thing he says every every angler as he called himself I'm an angler not a fisherman I'm an angler like okay buddy these guys in their terms uh well it does sound more elegant it does sure does. Man, you know, you know, if you're out there, you know, with with a with a good fly and some split shot, throwing your line while you're wearing your polarized sunglasses out there in the lane, catching some biters, man, I tell you what, it's a it's a it's exhilarating. <laughs> there, there, there you, you say it. so. Yeah, that's, that's the truth of the matter. Fly fishing is fucking exhilarating. <laughs> and, and he said you had to have polarized sunglasses. Okay, I don't know if that's just because you look cool, but but basically he said polarized sunglasses. Not only do they protect your eye from the glare and fish hooks, which is always a plus in my book, because uh, a fish hook in the eyeball does not sound fun. No. Uh, but he says polarized sunglasses, I guess, work somewhat well with the water that you can kind of see into the water better. You can actually see down into the water when you're wearing the sunglasses versus just normal eyesight with the sunlight 
reflecting off of the water because it give, it it takes that glare out. So that was pretty that's pretty interesting. But you're also would, not going to be fishing right beside you where you can see in the water. You're flying. No, 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 but 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 you can see like where you're walking and stuff like that. If you're walking out and watching out for rocks and stuff oh, like so. that, yeah. yeah, you know, I'll shut up. Yeah. L- l- looking <laughs> looking looking for an octopus or a crayfish that might try to attack you. I don't know. Or a helgamite, helgramite. Uh, yeah, it might be a, a four foot long hel. We need to make a movie about helgramites that are mutated or something, man. Those things will cut your head off. <laughs> you see that picture of that that full size Dobson fly? You see how big those pincers were on that bad boy? Yeah, it's monstrous. Yeah, it's pretty cool looking. Yeah, I don't think I want to have a Dobson fly bite me. They're like four or five inches long, so you think those pincers are probably pretty good size. But mm-hmm. uh, so you anyway, my, my grandpa sent my hands down there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> your, son, your, your son grabbed that, grab that thing there. <laughs> Couldn't damage the angler's hands. He was doing all the work. Exactly. That's right. So uh, I, just a couple other things that were mentioned is uh, uh. Try to always make sure you have sharp hooks because uh, you, you lose more flies um, if they're worn or dull. They'll slip off the the hook more, you know, because they're they're worn. Other than that, that's some that's some of the basics about what you need for the equipment. That doesn't even get into the whole thing about learning how to cast properly, the different kind of fly casting. Like when you if you ever watch a guy fly fish and you see him throwing that line around, you know, kind of yeah. like in the sky, like Zorro and stuff. That's what Josh mentioned about the weighted line because you want to have a certain weight toward the end of the line, but not all the way to the end of the line so that you have that heft to be able to throw the line. Cause if the line's too light, you won't be able to throw it out very far from, you know, it's like, you know, you try sure. to th- like trying to throw a string away from you and it's not going to go very far. So that weighted line. And, and the other thing is, is, is that fly fishing is really a two handed sport. So by that, you do have one hand on the on the rod. You know how to keep your hand on the rod, right, Clay? Absolutely, I, I do it daily, eleven <laughs> times a day at work. Remember? You, you got to have a, you got to have a good grip. Make sure you run it. So anyway, so what you do? There's a term for it, but basically you kind of you kind of run some of the line out into your left hand. So you kind of have the line kind of held loosely in your hand. You don't want a whole bunch of it just laying all over the ground, but you don't want it all at, out already out at the tip because you're you're trying to cast right because you got to throw it and cast it. And as you're ca- and as you're casting, kind of like whipping that forward, you got that line in your hand that you've already got loose that's not on the reel that you that you let go of so that as it comes out of the end of the line. It'll go further, right? So it's it's a, it's a really fly fishing is definitely a technique driven sport, right? It's, so, it's weird you say that about holding the line in your hands, because when I was fishing on a boat, and I grew up on a lake that was really popular for boating sports and fishing, and yeah. the people in the fast boats with the tubes and stuff, which was always more ideal than going fishing. Right. Always right. more fun to be on a tube than fishing. Although hanging yeah. out with my grandpa was always awesome. So I was, his boat wasn't fast enough to pull tubes. So, oh, yeah, he was a fishing boat. He was, he was an angler. What can I tell you? And I remember <laughs> one time there was this speedboat racing by when you have the fishing rods on the boat, they're on the edges on the boat in holders. Right. So you, don't have, you don't have to hold the, the line at all. Well, you basically, notice, a holder is just kind of like a circular piece of metal, right? You just kind of put the rod down in it kind yeah. of thing. And yeah. it, bu- it buckles it on one side and on the underneath oh. of the other side, so that way the rod can't go anywhere. Okay. And okay. when your rod starts to bend, that's when you have either hooked on a fish or your boat is going pretty fast and the, the hook underneath is getting caught in a current. But on the most part, you're just, you're just sitting there going really, really slow or not moving at all. And then you see right. a line move. But this boat came by really, really fast 
really, really close. And the line started to go nuts. And I reached over to grab it. My grandpa went to grab me, but I went to go grab the the line. And what I grabbed was the actual fishing line and the rod, not the reel. And it sliced through my fingers. Yeah. And my grandpa right away just grabbed the rods, put them in the boat, raced to shore, took me to the doctor right away. And then he went to the police station. The doctor bandaged me up. But I mean, I obviously knew what I did, but it was an instinct that I didn't want these rods to be yanked away right the boat and uh the my grandpa went to the police station and he gave like the call sign that was on the side of the boat to the Uh cops because you're not supposed to drive that close to people when you're on the lake you're supposed to keep a certain distance apart and that boat was i don't know 15 feet away from us going really really fast and i guess the lines got caught up in the motor and just started ripping the fishing lines right out of the boat and i wanted to stop it from happening but all i got was fishing lines slicing both of my hands all my fingers, my palm, everything. Oh, do you still have scars from that? I don't. I have so many calluses from masturbation that there's there's not even fingerprints on my hands anymore. It's pretty epic. I was gonna say you probably burn them off anyway, right? With that <laughs> oven work. Absolutely. There's no. I haven't had fingerprints for years. <laughs> yeah. So he ended up losing the the lines, the the hooks. I don't know what you call it. It was a long hook. So the hook wasn't just a hook. It was a whole contraption, like a, a foot long of like glittery, shiny things that wobbled in. And then the Lures. hook was on the bo- A lure. Thank you. Yeah. 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 It was a full length lure. And yeah, that boat ripped it all up with its motors. My grandpa's pretty pissed. And then I was pretty pissed, but it didn't stop me from fishing. Those guys were probably drinking beer in the sun all day and they wanted to get home or wanted oh. more beer. So they raced past you. Yeah. Well, let's see that or they dumped over a box of flamomites or whatever the name of those things where they were getting they were getting toe bitten by everybody well this was this is on a lake so it wasn't a riverbed but yeah yeah they, they did not know how exhilarating fly fishing could be so exactly. they were racing around their boat so exactly you know so uh, i will make sure that if my line's about ready to get yanked out of the boat i'm not going to try to grab it with my bare hands yep. uh um, but I can totally understand that's your that that's your instinct. You don't even think about it. You don't. Think, oh, I was like gonna... probably eight, maybe nine at the time. I was a little kid, right? And the the same week, it was prior to that, we were getting the boat hooked up to go boating or fishing, and I was in the back of my grandpa's truck doing something. I don't know what, and. He asked me if I could grab something back there. I don't remember what I was trying to grab, but I saw that he had a wrench back there, a crescent wrench. And I grew up in a town and it was like 43 degrees temperature. Like it was fucking hot. So you're looking uh-huh. at like probably 100 and, 102 degrees maybe. Yeah. It's like 40 degrees here today. It's yeah. for your temperature. Yeah. yeah. So that, that's hot as fuck. But there was a crescent wrench sitting in the sun all day. <laughs> I reached down to grab it thinking that's what he wanted me to grab. And I actually burnt my hand on the hot metal. I'm a stupid fucking kid, man. I'm just such a moron trying well, to help he, out. You know, that's that's just called learning. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I learned very quickly from those <laughs> two instances. Yeah, I bet I bet you did, you know, and th- th- that's the thing, you know. Uh, uh, like a fish hook in the eyeball. You learn yeah. to wear glasses or sunglasses. I tell you what, there's been a couple times in my life that – despite the fact that I hate wearing glasses and I hate that I've worn most of my life, there's a couple of times my eyes could have been screwed up over situations if I didn't have my glasses on. You yeah. That's awesome, so, right? It, it is. It, at that point, you go, thank God that guy tried to acid attack me. I had my glasses on, you know? <laughs> I mean, I didn't know it was his sister. Uh, but, uh Yeah. But, you know, that's that's good that it didn't scare you away from fishing. And for anybody who's listening to this podcast, I hope that our stories 
are somewhat inspiring about why you should go out and fish and how exhilarating fly fishing could be, especially exhilarating for your wallet and and the neighborhood uh, GDP. So, uh, and on the most part, your wife doesn't follow you fishing, but she will follow you golfing. I don't know if you really want to. If you really want to make sure your wife doesn't follow you fishing, just ask her. Hey, honey, come along and gut the fish and scale them for me. They'll they'll definitely not come with you. Yeah, I don't even. Well, need maybe, maybe maybe women in your neck of the woods might be like, "Sounds good, let's go." Yeah, I got a lot of rednecks out here. Yeah, they go, "Let's go noodling," and you go, "I only <laughs> you go, I only schnoodle." That's right, snoodling, not noodling. That's right. Anything can be a glory hole if you're brave enough. <laughs> oh God. I just want to know the first Federation officer who tried to cornhole a Klingon woman. What are their vaginas like? I, I don't know. I, I do want to know what the word wrong hole is in Klingon, though, just so I can shout it for, <laughs> random, for random reasons in public. That's your go-to. Yeah, that's your go-to for sex noises? Yes. Uh, your neighbors yes. love you or hate you. Yes. I, I like to have safe words in sex, but only in Klingon because I'm a rebel and a nerd. Yeah, like last night I was about to go to bed and somebody's like, did you open the window? I go, yeah, yeah I opened the window because it's fucking hot in here. Did you open the window after or before we had sex? And I was like, after. Why? She goes, okay, because I know your neighbor's window is about like 13 feet away and I really don't think they need to hear. No, don't stop, daddy. Don't stop, daddy. Don't stop, daddy. <laughs> I was like, no, they probably don't need to hear that because they're like eight. So it's best to leave the window closed until after everything's done. Yeah, no, no snoodling because there was no, no, no wiener yeah. on them. No so, ha ha wiener. <laughs> after after all your fly fishing yes. research and your deep dive on YouTube, do you want to go fly fishing? Would you choose fly fishing over just in a river like Josh on the side smoking a joint fishing, or would you want to do fly fishing? Well, the gear is free. Somebody gives you the gear for both situations. You don't have to pay a dime for it. Uh, I'm not really feeling the whole possibility of impaling myself with a fish hook very much. So, but you wear probably, glasses, you're fine. Well, yeah, yeah, well, my <laughs> ears aren't. I, I don't know. I think I would like just going deep. Basically, they go deep water fishing. You just throw your line out there. You put your you put your pole in the thing, and if you catch something, great. And I just drink beer. I'm like, that's that's cool. How about you, Josh? Um, I would have to stick with my joint on the side of a creek. I'm with you. Fly fishing seems like a lot of work. Way too yeah. much work. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I, I, if I was really, really into fishing, I would say fly fishing sounds awesome. But since I'm not really, really into fly fishing, it sounds expensive uh, and a lot of work. Well, <laughs> let's say you threw a third type of fishing out there. Where yeah. You're not fishing with flies and you're not fishing on the side of a river, but you're fishing perhaps on a frozen lake. What would they call that, Josh? They call that ice fishing. Oh, do you know and a thing or two about ice fishing? I don't personally, but I did do some research on the topic. Uh, answers for everything. Man, what a, what a cool segue. You worked that one in there smooth like butter. Yep. That's uh, what she said. Yes, daddy. Don't stop, daddy. Don't stop, daddy. <laughs> Before I talk about ice fishing, I just want to remind everyone, well, particularly dudes that go fishing, always check your tackle box. If all you're planning on doing is going up there to have gay sex to hide from your wife. Okay. As we learned in Brokeback Mountain, yeah. the, the way the guy was caught is his wife put a, a, a love note inside his tackle box. He never looked at the note. So when he got back from his little 
expedition with his buddy there. He brought the tackle box home. She looked in it and found the note that he had never found in red, which means no fishing was occurring. Hmm. Oh, Maybe there some was canoodling. Yeah, there there was some fishing going on. There's a fishing <laughs> hole, but it wasn't uh, with real fish. You guys sure found a strange way to pass the time up on that mountain. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm 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 gonna feel guilty here for saying this, but I've never seen the movie. Oh, it's actually a good movie. Yeah, I hear I, amazing things, and Ang Lee's a great director, so why not? The actors are both phenomenal. I'm not I, homophobic never, in any way. I think that's quite obvious. Quite obvious. <laughs> I was going to say I've never seen it either, but let's be honest. Probably comparing that movie that came out what like 15 years ago. I mean, how how long has Heath Ledger been gone? I mean, I so let's put it that way. It's probably tame as hell compared to the crap they're putting out now. How about yeah. that? You know, maybe so. Although there are some pretty graphic scenes, I must say. Hmm. Oh well, that's quit trying to sell it to me, Josh. Yeah, hey, you gotta it. see it, dude. Uh, Josh <laughs> may not know this, but Charlie Ray is really into the Magic Mike series. Oh yeah, I, I, I listened about that. Yeah, <laughs> and I can't wait to see Barbie yet this weekend too. Yeah, I'm not interested. Oppenheimer, I want to see that. Yeah. I do want to see that. Yeah, I don't so. see them both, but Oppenheimer to me is gonna be better. I watched Mission Impossible last week. Fucking oh, yeah. great! Fucking great Was movie. It? Oh yeah, it was oh, fantastic. Like three hours long or what? Uh two hours forty five, yeah. Yeah. And it's wow. not even done, right? It's just the first part. It's a one half, yeah. Yeah. It, it was a it was good. They they always get they get better and better. Like I don't know what the deal is for the last like four Mission Impossibles, but they've just been really good. Agreed. I'm I'm waiting for Mission Impossible twenty, the geriatric years, when he tries <laughs> to like sneak out of his room and nail the nurse when she's not looking, you know? Yeah, but that that's easy. They're just gonna have a crossover Fast and Furious and Dominic is gonna be outside with his souped up little scooter to pick up Ethan Hunt. What are you talking about? He's gonna be out there, he's gonna be out there with a whole bunch of his grandkids like drag racing Barbie cars <laughs> or something, you know? Oh, that's but, a franchise I don't want to watch anymore of his Fast and the Furious. That's garbage. <laughs> Nah, yeah. I can't stop. I got to keep going. No, I'm it's invested. Kind of, I'm invested. It's, it's like getting to Police Academy 12 or whatever they got up to. You know, <laughs> you, like you know, they're like on the like no plot line of, of anything, and like let's just keep cranking them out. Police Academy 12. What the fuck would you call it? I mean, they did what? Citizens on Patrol, Miami Beach, Moscow. What would 12 be? <laughs> I don't know. I, I really don't know. I think they got up to at least eight or nine, but they got up to a lot of police academies. Police Academy 9, new uniforms. Right? What the fuck would you call the the movie? Hmm. The donut store. <laughs> uh, let's see. How many? Ice fishing. Yes, let's go with ice fishing. Let's, let's find out about Academy, ice fishing. Ice fishing. <laughs> police Academy, ice yeah. fishing. Okay. Uh, yeah, and they only got up to seven, just so you know, only seven police academies. Well, that's Operation Moscow, isn't it? Uh, Mission to Moscow was the oh, last okay. one, yes. <laughs> Before yep. that was City Under Sage, Never Assignment Miami Beach. I remember Citizens, that one. Yeah, Citizens on Patrol. That's my favorite one. David Spade's yeah. it. Yeah, back in training, their first assignment, and then Police Academy was the first one. So, <laughs> but you know what? You know what? They did not have in any Police Academy movies, though, Clay? Docking? Oh. No ice fishing. Oh, sorry. I missed that segue. Okay, sorry. What's the segue? Yeah. You want to ask that one again? I'll play along. Ask that one again. But you want to know that despite seven movies from Police Academy and Steve Gutenberg didn't work this into the plot line anywhere, they huh. didn't They didn't have. What was it they didn't have, Clay? I, I have no idea. What, what, what could it possibly be? Ice it's fishing. Ice God fishing. 
<laughs> so yeah. let's hear let's hear about ice fishing, otherwise known as drinking beer around a wood fired stove. Well, maybe not wood fired on the ice. I don't know. I, I'm sure you'll tell us how do they stay warm while you they're might fishing. be right. Let's find out. Ice yeah. fishing is the practice of catching fish with lines and hooks or spears through an opening in the ice on a frozen body of water. Ice fishers may fish in the open or in heated enclosures, some with bunks and amenities. Now, ice fishing gear is highly specialized. An ice saw, an ice auger, or a chisel is used to cut a circular or rectangular hole in the ice. During colder periods, most ice fishing anglers choose to carry a heater of some type, both to stay warm and to keep the hole from freezing over. There you go. Interesting, yes. right? I hate it when the hole freezes over. <laughs> There's three different types of ice fishing. The first, the first is using small, a small light fishing rod with small, brightly colored lures or jigs with baits such as wax worms. Don't know what those are. Fatheads. Don't know what those are. <laughs> crappy or shiner minnows. Also, like live bait. Uh, I suppose so. Hmm. You know, I'm guessing the fish are probably stupid from the cold in the wintertime because they're like, hey, it's all dark and it's crap. Hey, there's freezing. a bright light and this, this bright orange worm flying around. Oh, that sounds normal. Well, in, what, what do fish usually February. eat? Do fish jump out of the water to eat bugs or do fish eat plankton and stuff that's in the water? I think they do both. But when the when it's frozen over, yeah. they can't uh, access anything on the surface. Yeah. So that's they got to just live on whatever's down there. So it's like a smorg when people are ice fishing and dropping a whole bunch of shit down. Yeah. Like, yeah, the whatever works. Yeah. Okay. The second type is using uh, what they call tip ups, which I'm guessing is some sort of a rig that holds everything. They're uh, usually made of wood or plastic and have a spool attached with a thin piece of metal that goes from the spool to a flag. Uh, the line with the hook and bait is placed a preferred distance into the hole. When a fish strikes bait, the flag is lifted, which notifies the angler that a fish is on the hook. So I'm trying to picture what that looks like. I, I like that. You used the word angler. Yeah, <laughs> you have to. <laughs> right? I mean, I'm, I'm guessing you probably piss somebody off if you just tell them they're a fisherman. No, Especially no. if it's a woman. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's fisher ma'am. <laughs> Okay, the, the third the third method of spear fishing is uh, or of ice fishing is with a spear. Uh, fish do decoys may be deployed. I'm not sure what that means. Uh, the angler sits in a dark ice shanty called a dark house. The angler peers into the water while holding a large four or five pointed spear. The fisher or angler waits for a fish to appear and then plunges the spear into the water and pulls it all down to there. It's funny. Wow. You said uh, there's a whole bunch of highly technical and specialized <laughs> equipment used for ice fishing. They're like, it's a spear. It's a spear with five <laughs> points. I'm, I'm just thinking that, that somebody from the government might come after him for the firm's dark house and spear fishing. So, <laughs> you know. I mean, that that sounds pretty kick-ass other than the fact that you're, I don't know, on ice. Well, see, you, <laughs> you, you're you saying that it's not going to kick ass on ice. What I'm thinking is it would be kind of fucking cool to sit in a little shed with a couple of your friends. The heater. There's, there's a heater, yeah. right? You just sit in there. You, you could even light a fire in there as long as you have like a way for the smoke to leave. 
and you could just sit there eating fucking hot dogs and marshmallows and shit while you're waiting for your flag to to dip down to yeah. see if you caught something. And, and while and, you're doing that, I'll be drinking beers and smoking doobies. I, I was gonna <laughs> say and, and burn a good one. I mean, I've seen Litter Kenny, you know, <laughs> Canada. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think I think as exactly. long as you've got as long as you've got good gear to get there, once you're in that once you're in the ice house or I, they call it an ice house. Is that what they call it? What do they call it? Like yeah, the, they call it a, sh- a, sh- a shanty. A shanty. The, yeah, but I'm, yeah. I'm sure there's lots of different names. Ice house. I, I live in the middle of buttfuck nowhere in Alberta, <laughs> and there's a lot of cold weather out here for a long period of time. And there's a bunch of businesses that make and sell these all over the town I live in. The, the huts themselves? the huts they're they're everywhere yeah there's lots of businesses in the in the industrial park that have a whole bunch out front that's like cool. ice hut for sale ice huts for sale we can custom build whatever ice hut you want and they have some that are built by 100 percent recycled plastic bottles so they even like repurpose plastic bottles to build these ice huts wow so wow. Uh, i kind of want to go ice fishing but I don't want to be cold. It's like I want to ride on a skidoo, but I don't want to be cold. I want to go snowboarding, but I don't want to be cold. Out here, it's you don't get one or the other. You get both. You want to go snowboarding? It's minus 30. You want to go ice fishing? It's minus 30. You want to go snowmobiling? It's minus 30. I fucking hate it. I fucking hate it. I miss the days of snowboarding in BC where it's like minus five. Yeah, and raining. Well, I... <laughs> Hopefully get above the clouds, but yeah, the, the, the rain, I'm not a fan either. And last time I went snowboarding in Alberta, it was minus 39 in fucking Jasper. I Jeez. did like three three runs that day. Every time I did a run, I'd come down from the hill and my mustache and beard were frozen. My eyelashes were frozen. I had to go inside and warm up between every run. I was done. I drove six hours to do three snowboarding runs. It's fucking terrible. That sucks. I don't that understand cool. why people do it. I don't get. Yeah. Maybe I'm just old. I just, I'm used to comfort. Yeah, Same that's probably here. that's probably part of it. Yeah, or maybe so, I was so used to doing it in BC that it's like this isn't anything like BC. I don't really enjoy this. Right. I don't know. Do you guys snowboard at all? No. Nope. No. No. Okay. And you no, don't fish. Don't. You don't no. ice fish. You don't watch Brokeback Mountain. <laughs> I don't. I don't watch Brokeback Mountain either. No. Yeah. You don't watch Magic Mike, or do you? Never seen uh, it. Hmm. I, I'm in the other. Selma hikes in the in the third one, so that's not bad. Man, yeah, she was in Grown Ups too. I watched that the other day for the first time in a couple of years, and all I could think of was, uh, "This is a terrible fucking movie." Yeah. The, the first one was fantastic. Yeah. Grown Ups two was just terrible. I I don't know. I I want to punch Kevin James in the face whenever I see him <laughs> on camera. I don't know what it is. I just I just want to pummel him. Dislike yeah, him. I, don't know why. Interesting. I've got no reason why. Him and the guy the from the office, Dwight. I want to punch him oh, in the face whenever I Dwight, see him. Dwight shoot, yeah. Well, not not the character, just the actor. I don't know why. Oh. I just want to punch him in the oh, face. Rain Wilson, yeah. He's not kinda, a fan. Yeah. I, I read a recent article about him about him whining about how how even when he was making the office, he wasn't happy because he felt like he should be a bigger star and how he wasn't happy that his movie career didn't take off. And he just whined and whined. And I'm like, wow, that really made me think less of you, you know? Well, now I think even less. Yeah. And I don't have a segue back to ice fishing. So yeah. uh, Is there anything else that we have uh, to learn about ice fishing? I have three questions for you guys that you're definitely not going to probably know the answers to. (laughs) It's called answers for everything, buddy. Yeah. Okay, well, you'll have an answer. It'll just be wrong. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, it could be an incorrect answer. It's still <laughs> Fair an answer. enough. 
Question number one. While it is not known exactly when ice fishing first occurred in history, archaeologists have found evidence of ice fishing dating back as far back as this long ago. Pick the, fir the first winter. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, my, my, my fishing stuff was like 27,000 BC. So I'm going to say probably 27,000 BC. Well, my information gave me 2000 years ago was the earliest evidence that they actually were drilling a hole in the ice to, to fish. How do you think they did that without any real tools? With a chisel of some description, maybe an obsidian shard or something. I don't know. Do you think it was in a place where there's ice on the, the lake? More probably than Siberia no, or something, I would guess. More than no lice on the lake. Yeah, yeah, probably really. They didn't have a choice. They wanted to get to the fish. You got to get to the food. You got to get to the food somehow. Okay, yeah. question number two. Okay. The Inuit used a sophisticated spear known as a blank. Starts with a K. There's your hint. Hmm. A Kanuchi. I'm going to say a killed spur. <laughs> it's, a, it's a Kakavak. Kakavak. That's yeah. a way cooler name than. Coochie? Canucci? Lots, lots of hard K sounds in there. Canilsper? Like <laughs> what was it? A Kakanak? Kakavak. Kakavak. K-A-K-I-V-A-K. Do you think because they have like a hundred different words for snow, do you think maybe they have a hundred different words for their ice fishing spear? Probably because they have enough. It's also known as a Kakavate, which is K-A-K-I-V-A-I-T. Hmm. So make up your mind, Inuits. <laughs> well, they have, they have like a hundred different words for snow, so yeah, that's what I, that's what I've read. And that's just weird. Yeah, what what's their word for the yellow snow, Clay? Yummy. <laughs> You're in snow cone. <laughs> Delicious. <laughs> Kink. Kink. Flavorful. <laughs> okay, question number three: What American state is ice fishing most popular in? Uh, Minnesota. That's a good guess, but wrong. See, I, I would want to say Alaska because it's fucking frozen all the time. <laughs> and I know it's not going to be Hawaii because it's not frozen ever. <laughs> I, I'm going to say Alaska. The answer is Wisconsin. Oh. Uh, that, was my, that was my second guess. Oh, oh. damn. I, I figured I figured Minnesota because they're known as the state with a thousand lakes. So I figured there'd be more people fishing. And I was thinking of the Wisconsin Dells, right? A lot of playground shit to play on there. And in the wintertime, it's going to be frozen. So they want to keep the, the party going with with what they got down at the Dells. I'm not even sure where Wisconsin is located on, on the old map of Rooney, So, mm, like, If you're looking at a map, it's to the left of the Great Lakes. Okay. So like Lake Michigan. In the middle? You know where the long like Lake, Lake Michigan, that really long one that goes down? Yeah. It's like two states to the left of that. Yeah, I, I went through a road trip there a couple of years ago, all the way down to Chicago. I don't, I'm never going to do that again. Did you get some Wisconsin cheese while you were there? I don't eat cheese, so unfortunately, I did not get Wisconsin <laughs> cheese. You don't eat cheese? He no, eat man. Cheese. Wow. Um, but I did get to see you on that road trip, so that was a bonus. Yes. Well, man. Speaking of road trip, yeah, we need to go. We need to go road trip to Wisconsin and do some ice fishing. That way, we can. Hit some some Mac on some Wisconsin hotties if if they exist. Josh, you okay with that? Oh, I'm down. Yeah, you have your you have your passport. You ready to do some ice fishing? I, in ha I have my passport. Excellent. Well, winter's coming after we get past this two weeks of 45 degree heat I got going on here. 
I wonder what the road trip would be like in the wintertime. It's probably shitty weather the weather to drive out there. Yeah. Oh, I, I would imagine. Yeah, I, I think we should take your car because that would be awesome to go out <laughs> in the snow in. <laughs> no, nah, it gets it gets parked in the in the wintertime. Uh, yeah. I drive I drive a 2006 H3 in the winter because yeah I drove my car the first year in the wintertime and it was terrible. Yeah, just terrible. Rear wheel drive then. Yeah, and yeah, sports car and. It's just that you got to buy special tires for it. And that ran me like 2,500 bucks. And then I need $300 worth of sandbags to keep in the back. Yeah. It was just, it was just fucking terrible all around terrible. And then I got to take the sandbags out in the summertime and then the bags rip. So the sand is garbage and I got to buy new ones the next year. It's just, it's a lot of work. I mean, I'm not going to complain. I got a first world problem with owning two vehicles. I, yeah. I, I like that problem, but man, I just found an easier way to do it. Just park it. Yeah. Sounds good. But yeah, I'm down for an ice fishing trip if you guys are want to. I don't want to fly fish. It doesn't it sounds like a lot of work. Ice fishing, I would definitely be. I've always wanted to try it, and I am native, so I should probably do it, right? Well, I mean, I'm I'm living in like ice fishing capital out here. They even build the sheds in my town by the buttload. So if you guys want to do some ice fishing, I'm pretty sure I could just mention the word at work, and somebody will know somebody who can get us out there. They'll probably even install a glory hole on that fucking hut oh, for you. Fuck yeah. Glory hole. Only <laughs> one? There's one on the ice for the fish. <laughs> <laughs> we can't leave the fish out. But if you had that fucking that 15-inch dong that you talked about, man, the well, fish would be what, scared of that. You know, a 15-inch dong and negative 30, though, might make it a 5-inch dong. Oh. <laughs> no, but you know what? I will definitely say this. If there's anybody else in the world that I would like to go ice fishing with other than you two guys. I don't know who it would be. Oh, that's really sweet. Thank you. I know. Thanks, Charles. Yes. And no, and, and clay, I'm sorry. No, no broke back ice house fishing. Oh man. <laughs> Keep your rod in the water. <laughs> not, not, not in your fellow angler. So what did we learn today? Did we learn anything? <laughs> Do you think anybody else learned anything today? I know I learned a lot today. I did. I did. Yeah, absolutely. I learned yeah. fly fishing is expensive very i learned that there's multiple words for the kakachuk kanukachuk kanakalud kakavak yeah that's it kakavak 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 there we go and fishermen aren't fishermen they are anglers if they're professionals yes they are anglers that's correct they're angling to get you alone in an ice house (laughs) doesn't sound like fishing (laughs) oh Oh, they were fishing, all right. You just didn't know that you were the bait. Uh, that, that, that's why you, you went fishing with your uncle before. You know it's true. Just admit to it. Yeah, poor uncle. Poor you. Yeah. Well, in your family genealogy, it's okay. You could probably marry him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Uh, interesting genealogy. I also found out that I had a guy named Colonel something uh, in my family. That was fun. Colonel yeah. Richard Simpson the third. And and he wasn't a colonel in anything. He was just one of those southern guys that go by colonel. Nice. <laughs> you know, for a colonel. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I think we should leave everybody here with a little bit of advice. Yes. Fishing is relaxing. Fishing is fun. Yes. And with beer, yeah. it's even more fun. With friends, it's even more fun. That's right. Yes. Wonderful. I'm going to say peace out, Odals. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this last little show here. Yep. And I'll say peace out as well. Hope you all enjoyed my comments on fly fishing and just general buffoonery thanks for having me everybody thanks for being here josh good talking josh thanks man
Peace out. Peace out. Peace out. Frenulum. I couldn't think of an E word for a dirty word. Anus frenulum or yeah, frenulum, right? Or hold on. What is it? What's the the, the the part underneath the penis, like where the where the tip splits, it's like the frenulum. Uh, I guess so. I, I wouldn't know. You didn't know? Okay. I don't study a lot of the wang, and I guess I should. Well, you know, I studied a lot of both the wang and the vagina. <laughs> Preferably the vagina. I haven't had too many wang experiences other than the guy who was running for president, but...